Okay, uh, let's, let's keep rolling. We'll try to get through this PowerPoint. And uh, then we have, um, I have a number of exercises that we'll focus on. Uh, probably have more exercises than we have time. So we'll, we'll go to, uh, I think we have till 1230-ish. Um, just some guiding principles on this whole thing. Uh, themes are neutral. Uh, and what I mean by that is that uh, they, they can bring strength, but they can be used for good, they can be used for bad. Uh, prisons are full of strengths, you know. Everybody has strengths. And it's really easy to, if we're not careful, to, even though we, we're not naturally inclined to do so, get into stereotyping like, oh, you're an activator, you know, or, oh, I see what you're doing, you know, you're a strategic or whatever that might be. We want to try to uh, avoid that. And then to uh, lead with positive intent. You know, one, one thing that I always was uh, so intrigued with the ministry on earth of Jesus was just how much people loved Jesus who weren't anything religious. You know, it's like, you know, us over at Wheaton Bible Church, we're so jealous of you guys because you have C.S. Lewis. He was Anglican. We have a committee. We're trying to figure out if we can maybe buy out the rights for C.S. Lewis. We like, we love him so much, but we know we can't get that. He's, he was so wonderful. But I think he was the same way, being a pub and just... People were naturally drawn, and, you know, I think that's because, uh, well, obviously many reasons, but um, just that Jesus looked into people, and he saw realities that they didn't even know about themselves. And, um, not all of us have that uh, capacity, but it is a wonderful thing to look at a person and see what's good and redeemable in that person. And that, uh, I mean, it's kind of maybe pretty obvious, but differences can be advantages, you know. To be too homogenous is really can be a problem for a, for a team. It can make you susceptible. Now, a lot of examples of that. Another kind of basic thing is that we need one another, very biblical body uh, perspective. And the one that I had to kind of learn is that no theme or talent is better or superior. And I didn't kind of get that at first, but I really believe that now, that every, there's no one that's like better than the other. And uh, depending on the situation that you're challenged with, uh, kind of makes a big difference of how much you value those things. Um, so all talents and themes are valuable. And they would say that you use your top five all the time, like every day. They come into play. Um, another thing, uh, this is just a little cautionary thing, is that Clifton Strength Finder is not to be used as a recruiting tool. It doesn't have the various statistical uh, validity um, measures in place, and they don't claim to do. They just try to make it as predictive as they can be, and even that is challenging. Um, so. One of, one of my instructors in this said something that just stuck with me. I don't know exactly where it fits, but constructive criticism feels like criticism. <laughs> you know, So we got to be really careful because as we're in positions of leadership, even though we may not be aware of it, what we say has certain uh, power and input on people's thinking and the way they feel about themselves. 
So we got to be careful. Um, and then uh, Clifton Strength Finders does not at all measure morals, ethics, values, pathology, or I would add spirituality. Um, they're valuable, but they're not those things. Okay, just real quick, some clues to talent. And this might get back a little bit to where you had uh, some different outcomes, is when you, when you have a strength, here's some things that are often true about that strength, is that you are naturally drawn to that strength. And rapid learning, someone that has a certain strength can learn so quickly. And then someone that doesn't have that strength, the return on your investment for training in that area is very small. And, and, and it's difficult. Flow, and by that they mean you go to something and you just automatically know what to do. You just automatically know the steps that need to be taken. Glimpses of excellence. Uh, and by the way, if anybody wants this PowerPoint, I can send it to, send it to you. Just let me know. Um, you know, so where you come away, you go, how did, I, how did I do that? It just came so naturally. And then satisfaction that you really enjoy what you're doing. And so this, this is important, guys, because if you're working in your strengths, you're going to find that they energize you. If you're working in areas that are tapping into the strengths that you don't have, it sucks energy out of you. And so it, you, feel, you feel exhausted. So, uh, you know, my wife was very gregarious. She could go into a party. She would always, almost, I don't know if there was ever an exception, she was the last person to leave that party. <laughs> and she would get mad at me because, like, an hour in, I'm like, oh, do you think maybe it's time to go? And she's like, no. So those kind of social things suck energy out of me, but they were giving her surges of energy. And so it's just kind of like that with the strengths as well. Um, theme dynamics, simply to say, and there's some exercises. I, I don't know if we'll have time to get to them. Because there's a little bit involved, we might. But no one theme stands alone. There's combinations of uh, synergy from the different themes. So if your top theme is one thing and your second theme is another strength, those two uh, create a synergy that is something different than if it was some other strength. So just a few more perspectives. What we are, our being, really kind of gets at our talents. What we do really kind of gets at the strengths that we have developed. And that development process is not linear. It can be back and forth and up and down. And a team success ultimately depends upon its ability to perform. So again, very performance-oriented is the way they'd like to keep it. Uh, so the goal, I think it's pretty important, the goal is not to be well-rounded as an individual. The goal is to be well-rounded as a team. And we're going to do an exercise that will kind of help us get at that. Um, so I think the rest of those are kind of self-evident. So just um, some of the things they do, these talents they, they describe us, they influence our decisions, uh, they can have an impact on the actions that we think we ought to take. Um, 
determines what we're good at, um, why we're better at some things, and they serve as filters as we perceive what's going on. And so that's why working as a team can be, there's so much potential because you get different of those uh, approaches with different people. But it could also be challenging because the way you're seeing it with your strengths might be different than the way someone else is seeing it from the perspective of their strengths. So we, we then talk about a strengths-based team. Now we're kind of moving a little bit into the team application of this. Now, uh, we were talking during the break, and so you guys are not a classic definition of what a team would be. A team would be if all of you reported to one of you and you worked all t the time together, that's a team. You are a group, but you are part of a larger team, but not a day-to-day -day team. So most of the applications on team-based are for a team that works together, you know, and structurally are a team in the organization. So just some of the qualities of that to have a common purpose and to have really good uh, performance goals. And this is this was like really powerful. If a team can understand what each other's strengths are and they can understand what they don't have, then it's amazing and really, it's really fun, is that if, if I know that I'm not a really great discipline person, but if somebody else I'm working with is, it is so natural, they want to do it, I'm not good at it, let them do that. Even if I'm the, like, on the org chart, I'm the leader, who cares? That person's strength. We don't care about that formal org chart. At, the real org chart's kind of morphing all the time, right? And a lot of it's like what their strengths are. So also, uh, you can be um, intentional about developing kind of workarounds for any gaps in strengths that you have as an individual or as um, a team. So, you know, in terms of if you don't have a strength as an individual or you don't have a strength as a team, there's things that can be done to, to help that. And part of it is, is to understand what each other has, but you might need to bring somebody in from outside your team that you know has that strength to help you just for a while. Um, you might structure your work so that it doesn't have, make you dependent upon certain strengths. You might use other strengths to accomplish the same thing. So if you don't have a strength, always think, well, how can I use the strengths I do have to accomplish what I would be using that other uh, strength? So um, complementary partnerships, and these, and when this thing really is working well, it's a real magnet for talent. People want to be a part of teams like this. It feels really fun. It feels really good. And just one more slide, and we'll open up to some more questions. But the talent domains, I, I gave you a. Um, a handout that's uh, the, the uh, talent domains. And so all of, the, all of the themes, all of the strengths are divided up into four domains. Um, those that are contribute to executing and um, the, those are um, getting things done. And then uh, influencing the organization or influencing other people, building relationships, 
and strategic thinking. So like in a one-on-one -on -one kind of coaching session, we kind of try to take a little deep dive on that. And again, humility is really important. So when, if you were to look at mine, what you would see is that I have most of mine in strategic thinking and influencing. I, none of my top 10, I have absolutely zero in the executing domain. Now, I kind of knew that, and I've kind of adjusted to that. I'm just not that good at that. And so it, I might as well understand that. I might as well, I'm not gifted in that way. You know, when you try to fake it, it's usually not appreciated because people kind of know. You know, so <laughs> people warm up a lot quicker if somebody goes, well, that's not me. I wish it were, but it's not. So uh, I got to depend on, and there's the body concept too, coming back into play. So, you know, and then, and then you know, here I am uh, heading up human resources, and there were certain themes that I just sort of thought, man, I really should have those, like developer. Well, I don't. Um, harmony, you know, would be good. I don't. It's like him at my bottom. And so there again, you know, the, the humility to say, okay, so now what do I do with that? How, how do I use what the Lord has given me? Okay. Any, let's just take a, a moment. Any other, uh, any other questions at this point? Okay. So ends the PowerPoint. All right. So now we're going to do a few exercises just to try to delve into this a little bit more. Amy, if I could get your help one more time. This first one is a little exercise. It's almost like a little scavenger hunt. Love, crazy, envy. I'll let Amy get this passed out to everybody. So what I, I'd ask you to do on this one is up at the top, fill that in. Of your top five signature themes, what is the one that you most love, that you most resonate with? And then what is one of your top signature themes that have caused you some issues, some problems? So an example for that, one of my top five is learner. And one of the things that I, I find that about learner that I, I struggle with is that I have a difficult time uh, identifying the point of diminishing returns when I'm studying something. <laughs> and so like, you, know, you would think I was like nuts. That, I mean, it should be like obvious, okay, you've got all you need, it's time to stop and do something else. But I'll just keep on going and try, and it probably doesn't even help me that much. But that's, that's what you call like a misapplication of a strength. So you can have a strength, but it can kind of trip you up. Uh, my number one is ideation. And so that's the whole idea of thinking conceptually. And you do that very quick. And that's tripped me up because sometimes people, I'll, I'll have an idea very quickly and they'll think I have no idea what I'm talking about because I came up with it. They feel like it's off the cuff. But it's really more 
uh, I think, uh, usually anyway, uh, a part of my uh, strength. But it can trip me up. So one that you really love, like just really has served you well, and then one that drives you crazy. Then we're going to get up and walk around, you know, make sure we stay distant, and write down the name of five or six people, what their theme that they love the most, and the one that causes them some trouble. And then at the bottom, if there's any theme that you heard that you kind of meant, oh, man, I wish I had that one, uh, you know, write that one down. Another one of my weaknesses is I really am stink at giving instructions. So I hope that's halfway clear what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do with strength. Probably doesn't. Sound okay? All right, let's do that then. All right, great. Uh, wonderful. So um, obviously we've made a shift here in our time together, and, and you're learning more from each other now than anything I might have to say, and that's where the real potential is. You know, you're, you're going to learn much more from each other than from someone standing up front. So um, we're going we're gonna to move to a next level of kind of application of this. Now, we're going to pretend for this exercise that we are indeed a, a working team together. So I know we're not. But we're going to, for just a little while, act like we are. And so, you know, we've gotten a certain level of appreciation for what our individual strengths are. And uh, that's a growing process. And now we begin to wonder, like, well, what does that mean for our team? How can we be more effective as a team? Because an effective team, that's the ballgame. And I'll tell you something else. An effective Christian team is a tremendous witness to those people looking at the church. It, it's something they might not have. And so in their families, you know, there might be a lack of harmony or there might be, you know, unfortunate conflict. And so um, to see this kind of, you know, cohesiveness and unity can be a powerful statement. And it's kind of, it gets kind of funny sometimes with your families. Like, my family is uh, very competitive. And um, they don't all express it the same way, but they're all guilty. They're, we're, we're all very competitive. And then some of you, I assume, might know uh, Ryan Patton. He's my son-in-law. So Ryan comes into the family, and one of his top five is Harmony. So we have this influx of this strange new quality that we're all kind of like, <laughs> what is this? And his wife is very competitive. Yes. She might be the most competitive of all of us. And so, but at first we're kind of like, what is this thing? Because Ryan didn't, didn't care that much about winning. You know, once in a while he might care a little bit, but, but he has added so much to our family not only, that's just one example of what he's brought in. There have been a tremendous tempering uh, counterbalance to kind of our DNA. And now he's changed that. And we think about it with the church. That's like happening all the time. It's happening in, 
you know, little classes with kids. It's happening with the, you know, with the worship team. It's happening everywhere. So how can we be more effective? We talked earlier some about an effective team. So, Will, if you want to pass that out now. So I took the time to take all of your results and put it on what they call a team grid. And this is a little detail work, and as we already know, detail work isn't like my strong point, so I hope I got everything right. So I'll let, I'll let everybody get a copy of this. So as you look at this, everybody's lined up on the left in no particular order. Um, our group is Gregory House. I hope that's okay to say it that way. And then, then we have everybody's top five strengths plotted out and distributed under the four domains, strength domains. So by doing this, it's, it can be kind of an interesting snapshot of our total team. And we're going to break into our breakout groups in a minute and, and answer the questions that uh, we'll also hand it out. But you can, so if we were a team, and, and maybe just as a whole group, just a couple thought, what is kind of some first impressions that you get from this? Uh, where, where do you, you know, what does this kind of tell you? If, if, if everybody here was reporting directly to Stuart, you know, what would this kind of, what would this inform our, our how would this inform our thinking? Any thoughts? Just first impressions? I mean, I'm, there's a whole lot of connectedness and a whole lot of input happening in our lives. Yeah, it's just like, I was really kind of blown away by, I, I just haven't seen that much connectedness in one group before. So, you know, and I, and I don't want to be guilty of over-spiritualizing anything, but I just kind of wonder, you know, is God kind of telling us something there? Yeah. Because, I mean, like, you guys have that as a team. Now, not all of you have it in your top five. Some of you don't. But as a team, you have tremendous depth. You've got three number ones under connectedness, and then some other one through fives. Input... The same way. So input is this uh, desire to collect ideas and things and organize them. And so they, they just have resources. Like if you need something, they, they like a book for that or I have an article for that. Or it's like really kind of can just sort of energize and, and, and deepen our understanding of whatever is being talked about. Uh, you know, I saw a podcast on that. So they kind of like save and organize and collect those things. That's kind of funny because one of our uh, top leaders at Camcraft where I worked, uh, a lady was in charge of a big part of the manufacturing process. She was really high on input. And then like under like things to watch out for, it said people with input can have problems with clutter. And she just like immediately like, oh my goodness, that's totally me. My house... It, you wouldn't believe my house. It's like stacked up. My husband, he doesn't know what to do with me, you know. So it's kind of funny. 
<laughs> Any other, so things, Stuart, that's definitely true. Connectiveness, really deep. Input, really deep. How about anybody else? Yeah, Will. We don't have a whole lot Yeah, you can, that's just, that's one thing I like about this, is that it's just sort of visible, isn't it? Yeah. But our leaders do. You have a couple people that do. Yeah, Amy and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's specifically our leaders. So is there anything wrong with throwing the ball to them whenever we get into an influencing kind of a need? There's not. It's just like, and you know what can save a lot of time is that when you get to the point where you kind of know, and you just guys all kind of get this like really deeply, if you've got it, and, and I'm probably handicapped to know like some good examples of this, but if the staff had an idea that they're trying to sell, through the vestry is like the elder right. group, right? Yeah. And you wanted to like present this to them, you know, might not be bad to have the people that have that influencing uh, uh, capability and strength to play point on that. And then on another time, maybe they step back and someone else plays point. I mean, it, it, it takes a certain level of practice and it takes a certain level of trust and a certain level of sophistication working as a team. But yeah, you know, I was doing this uh, same type of thing with a group over at uh, Wheaton Bible Church where I uh, go. And um, we had our group. It was, it was Lon Allison's group. Uh, Lon uh, was, is one of our, was one of our senior pastors. He passed away recently. And uh, Lon and Stewart were very close over many years, right? And, um, but uh, they had uh, really strong strategic thinking. So they had great ideas, great strategies, great ways of evaluating what course of action to pursue, really good, really fast. And they had great relationship building, tremendous depth in those two. They had almost nothing in influencing. So you can see how that, that could be frustrating because you have great ideas, you have great relationships, but you're struggling to sell these ideas so that everybody's get, you're getting buy-in in the, in the larger leadership structure. So if you have, like here we have a, a couple uh, strong ones there um, and a few people. Um, but if you didn't even have that, that's where you might want to think about, you know what, <laughs> let's just admit it, we need some help here. And if you knew of somebody from another part of the church organization that was strong in that, you know, maybe they come in, they become your spokesperson. And you, you know, you download all your thoughts and let, let them carry that. I mean, it'd be better, right? It, and it got, and the ideas got bought, than to not go that direction. Okay. Um, you know, another way, another thing that's kind of interesting is to look at it where there is nobody on the team that has that particular strength. So, you know, you can see. Um, in terms of the top five, they might have it. It might be a strength like in the top ten, or but at least for these, you know, like consistency and deliberative and re restorative. There's a number of them. So you know, if you're just sort of thinking about that and you realize that you just that's just not a strength that uh, resides in the team, you know, at least you're aware of it, right? There's something you can you can do about it. I I always uh, 
really admire restorative. Restorative is a theme, a strength, that they don't mind getting in the middle of brokenness and beginning incrementally to heal or fix. For me, I, I just struggle with that so much because it just seems so, you know, I know this isn't right. I just go, what? What is, what's the use? What am I going to do? I mean, this is so broken. But these are like the emergency room nurse or the emergency room doctor. They jump right in the middle of the blood and the brokenness, and they, they begin to make things better. And that, that's really, really cool. All right, so let's, let's break into our two breakout groups again and go through uh, just between yourselves these five questions. And somebody, maybe Will, maybe you could give me a little heads up when you think we're... Or any questions on this one? We good? Great. Okay, so let's do that. And you can do this for any team in your in in your organization. John, uh, we, we just have a we, we had a question out of our group. Yeah. Conservation. Um, one of our uh, leaders here noticed that we like our at a team we have serious cluster. In other words, like you just like the colors even show get a red cluster and a blue cluster especially. And lots of areas where nobody has any of um, Is that kind of a usual thing that you see on a team, or is that unusual? It, it, it's not unusual. You know, this this happens. I mean, there's quite a. I mean, there's a 34 point spectrum. You know. Yeah. And. Uh, so uh, we, and so we got a pretty good sized group here. I think we had about 11 here. So um, you know, I, I I've seen that a, a fair amount. Uh, but, you know, it is a unique thing. I mean, some people have a more evenly distributed, you know, uh, yeah. set of uh, strengths. What, what, what would be interesting to analyze would also be that, so this group's all experienced our diocese, but in three different churches. So Will's come in through a different church than Resurrection. Caleb came into a different church than Will did at different than Resurrection. Yeah. So I'm intrigued leading the whole thing, that there's these clusters, even though folks that come in through different churches, um, and get the same, you know, umbrella movement. That's just the yeah. too. Yeah, good points. Uh, another thing is, like, so say you get another, you know, team member coming in in the next uh, months, next year. Uh, wouldn't it be pretty cool for them, in terms of their onboarding, uh, to get a jump start on really understanding the whole team? and you getting to understand them. And then, you know, you might have some pleasant surprises. Like if you had somebody and all five of theirs was in the influencing uh, domain, you might go, oh man, that's a gift. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, but don't expect a lot uh, from in those other domains, you know, at the same caliber that, you, you know, that person would have at, um, you know, like say for influencing, if it were, if it were to work out that way. Did you have a question or a thought? Okay. Yeah. It also proves to me that because we have such strong like, clusters, that we probably have like a really strong, noticeable culture and leadership that some people are just not like with at all, and that we should probably be aware of like in terms of if we have to and should we have varieties that we like people control fit neatly in these strong, strong clusters that we have still feel like well. Yeah, 
Yeah, very good. Yeah, and you know, the other thing is, um, when you have this, it, it might be a little hard for somebody who's not this to have a voice that everybody's able to hear, right? And so as a leader, or even as a you know, team member, uh, we need to try to help people. Um, yeah, they might have something really important to say. We do some really uh, fun exercises uh, on team building where it's a, it's a role play simulation. So you're lost in the forest or you're lost in the desert and there's, everybody has their strategy to get out of that. And then you find out sometimes at the end that somebody who had like the best strategy to survive just didn't talk. And then sometimes I'm like, just, I just couldn't, nobody seemed to listen to me, you know. I, I thought I knew what we needed to do, but anyway, that type of thing. So what we're looking at with this uh, talent grid is just sort of big picture, structurally, kind of uh, a wide angle view of the team. But another thing that's really very possible and can be super uh, rewarding is the, if we really get to know each other better and more deeply because we are aware how God has gifted each one of us. So Will, if you could help me on this last exercise. There are other exercises that we could have done today, but uh, some of them are a little bit more involved and are better done on one-on-one -on -one sessions. So what, what any team leader really wants is to get the best of their team. Yeah, we really, I mean, it's just gonna make life easier for everybody, including the leader, if everybody's able to really give us their strength and their best. So this last exercise that we'll do, I'll have you fill this out individually and then get into your breakout groups and debrief it. But I wanted just to tell you mine, just as perhaps an example. So my top five, just to remind you, I don't expect you to remember. My number one is ideation. Number two is strategic. Number three is relater. Number four is maximizer. And number five is learner. Those are my top five. So as I thought about this, you get the best of me when, I imagine I'm a part of your team now, when you bring me in on the front end of the planning process, uh, that's where I have that quickness and the flow and I, you know, not to be arrogant about it, but those are, you know, I think it's just what I was given. And uh, it's okay to own those things. And so if you bring me in on the front end of it, of a process or idea or a initiative, I can contribute a lot more than if you bring me into the back end where now it's like, all oh, that's figured out and we're just looking for implementation. I kind of struggle with that. Um, the other thing is you get the best of me. So relater. Relater, there's a, a relater is relationships are important to them, but they have fewer relationships and they go deep. Kind of a different kind of relational one is WOO, which is an acronym for winning others over. My youngest daughter, that's her number one. Amanda, that's her number one. But for me, I told you going into a party or a group sucks energy out of me. Because if I can just get on the side with one or two people, then it gives energy to me. So I, 
you get the best of me when I can have fewer, deeper relationships. Uh, you get the worst of me when you overload me with a lot of detail and process work. Now, reality is there are times in all of our lives and all of our careers, all of our jobs, where we have to do things that we're not gifted in. And then you just have to do your best. It's like, it's not a free pass. Oh, I never have to do detail work. You know, I have to do detail work, but it's just not a real strength. Um, you can count on me to focus on strategy, um, see correlations and possibilities. And one thing that just sort of comes to me through my gifts is I will make sure that you're okay. I'll try to protect you and make sure you're doing all right. And then what I need from you is if you're really good at execution, man, I love it. You can, you can help me so much. And um, just also trust and loyalty, the relator thing. So that's just me. It's kind of my own version of it. So why don't you take some time and thinking about your top five or ten strengths. Answer those four questions, and then we will break into our groups and kind of debrief that, and then we'll wrap up. Well, I hate to do this. I hate to interrupt this wonderful conversation, but our time's coming to a close. Uh, let me just say thank you for our time together. I appreciate uh, very much the uh, ability to be with you. Um, Stuart, I will turn it back over to you. Oh, John, that was superb. Um, so thank you. Thank you.